Hello everyone, my name is Anne Molesky and I am here with Victoria Bowler and today we are back with more reading activities on teaching music tomorrow for you to teach in music class tomorrow. So today we are talking about melody specifically. So last time we talked about rhythm. I think there are some important things that carry over um, when we talk about rhythm and into melody, but definitely melody is its own can of worms. And we started to talk a little bit about it. And I was like, no, 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 stop. We need to record <laughs> so that we capture anything. So Victoria, what did I so rudely cut you off about <laughs> before we pressed record? <laughs> okay. So we are talking about something that I kind of thought we might get into when we talked about rhythm, but we just didn't, we didn't go there. Uh, one of the questions that we started to kind of tiptoe into is what is reading and what is writing and what is arranging? And then today we will We'll talk about what is the role of um, of audiation, of oral identification, of uh, we didn't even touch sound before symbol, but that's something that really, really, really is important when we talk about melody reading. Melody so much more than rhythm, and you'll tell me if you have a different opinion. Um, the oral context makes such a difference with with melodic reading. If you don't have the tonality and the scalar grid in your head before you start, you are going to tank, right? It has to be um, a collection of pitch relationships that you really have in your ear before you can uh, before you can execute it with your voice. Um, and then, and there's another pathway that I'm going to stop before I get into of vocal versus instrumental reading. So I'm going to stop rambling there. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So this is something that's really important to think about because you're talking about context, right? So if we were just to sing, um, you know, think about comparative solfa, right? Like sure. the, the patterns of intervals and whatnot can exist differently depending on what your tonal center is, what your home note might be. Um, and this is something that we talked about a lot in um, when I did music learning theory training. And um, one of the things that I do really like that um, music learning theorists do is before they sing a song is they establish a tonality, right? So it's this whole, yeah, we did it in the same key. So, you know, so, um, bum, bum, bum. And then you know where your tonal center is, right? Yep. Um, and then that way you have that reference point for whatever comes next. And so it's beyond, you know, the first thing is we think about contour, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we think about whether something's going higher or lower, staying the same and how far and all that good stuff. But it really does help to have that framework and that home that we can draw those comparisons to, right? So you have like that relative pitch awareness and then you also have this whole like within the tonality pitch awareness. So it's very, very multifaceted. Um, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to to reiterate what you said about it being multifaceted and there are there are layers to this and and this is one of the reasons that people, you know, my myself included, I know that you and I both can have our hands up on this that melodic reading, melodic writing, melodic improvisation, melodic everything can feel can feel a little bit hairy, scarier, right? Than than rhythm. Um moving from speech and your body to your voice and melodic contour because it's not just higher or lower. It's higher or lower within whatever context you are setting in terms of tonality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the discrimination properties are, are that much more complex, right? Like trying to figure out yeah. what something is based off of what it is not. Like if you're just dealing with um – 
you know, rhythms, often you can kind of decipher those sounds quickly. And I think this is like not backed up by anything that I can cite right now, but I think just like speech is so inherently rhythmic, right? Yep. And so like beat and rhythm just comes very naturally to all of us. It's where we all feel the most comfortable. Um, and I think singing is like we've been saying, it's just so much more multifaceted. Um, something else that gets tricky when we're talking about actually reading and you might, I got like a little sneak peek at what you're going to talk about. So you're going to kind of not talk about what I'm about to talk about. But anyway, <laughs> when you're talking about actually deriving songs or transcribing songs, something that's important to remember, I think, is that the melody is inextricably tied to that rhythm. So while it's mm. true that you can like derive something rhythmically without the melody, I don't think it's always true. I mean, you could always do it abstractly, but it's much easier for kids to tie that melody to the words, right? To the rhythm. Because for kids, and this is backed up by research, the words are like the song to them. Um, so I think that that's an important thing. Oh, and you are going to talk about that. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Well, let's, so, yeah. no, no, no. Let's, let's hang out. Let's hang out here for just one second okay. because this could be an area of nuance. There's, there's so much mm. um, where, Anne, if people, if people are just kind of like listening in the background, they will think that you and I agree on everything. But if you <laughs> listen closely, you will find areas of nuance where you and I have like different shades of agreement, mm. right? So I want to dig in and see if this is a different shade of mm. agreement. So talking about we are deriving a melody from the rhythm in, uh, and, and I don't need the melody. I don't need the melodic stuff to be consciously known in order for me to pull the rhythmic durations from the text, but Correct. it is easier for me to derive a melody if I have like a conscious awareness of the beat durations of the, the rhythm durations on the beat. But you also made, uh, the, the statement that the rhythm is tied to the text which is absolutely true. That's how we teach um, pulling out standardized Western notation is how yes. does it, how does the text fall on the beat? So what's your opinion about, um, let's imagine that we are trying to figure out if something is higher or lower, how much higher, how, how much lower, do I need to have standardized Western notation for the phrase or can I say which word is the highest, Ooh, which word not, is the lowest? The latter, the okay. latter for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Cause I do, um, yeah, would you – well, here's another question. Would you consider, like, the tone ladder to necessarily be Western notation? I guess it is, right? I yeah. I don't. When I say – this is another good <laughs> another good can of words. Uh, I, would, I would not say that. I would just say that that's solfege. And when I say mm -hmm. standardized Western notation, a better way to say that for melody would be five-line, four-space yeah, yeah, yeah. no. staff. No, because I don't teach everything automatically on five lines, right? Like, I always right. start with – one line even, and is it higher or lower with so and me and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah, so I think it, again, so we're looking, we're thinking about like widest to narrowest, right? Mm. And so if you think about melody notes where like we're looking at high versus low, thinking, um, Andy, panty, sugar, candy, y'all jump in. Andy, panty, sugar, candy, y'all jump high. Andy, panty, sugar, candy, y'all jump low. Like we want those extremities as much yep. as we can. Sorry for that like fast forward. It's all good. <laughs> um, and before we get into like those narrow like minor thirds, right? Yes. Um, and so, that's yeah, a reason so – yeah. And that's the reason that we start with the minor third, you and I personally, that's the reason that mm -hmm. you and I start with the minor third instead of descending stepwise motion, mm -hmm. mi, re, do, because if we're thinking about high and low, there are two choices. One is high, one is low. And then that gets us um, kind of, you know, what you're talking about, like 
moving from the big picture to the small picture, then once we have that discrimination of high and low, then we can add in Mire Do, we add So Mi La, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, with a nuance, yeah. Yes, And Mire Do, as, if we're talking about kids who are starting in our music program in kindergarten, we would start with So Mi, but we could have that conversation later about older beginners and whether or not and, we would start with <laughs> So and, Mi and, or Mire Do and all that stuff. <laughs> This is a good time so that we don't, like, you know, divorce half our audience. Um, yeah. Anne and I are supportive of whatever melodic sequence <laughs> you want to use. Anne and I Absolutely. want you to have a sequence, but it doesn't have to be our sequence. Is that good? No. Yes, yeah, it just has to be one that accepting. you thought about, that you like, and that's intentional. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's just jump into it. Let's yeah, go. I think so. Show I think so, because we're, we're going to pontificate our socks off. All right. Okay, so at this point, second grade has done... All around the buttercup, one, two, three. If you want to find a friend, just pick me. We've done that. We've also gone, here's the way we billy, 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 billy. Here's the way we billy, billy all night long. We've also done, let us chase the squirrel. Up the hickory, down the hickory. Let us chase the squirrel. Up the hickory tree. All of those are in our ears. We could sing them from memory. We've had lots of varied experiences with these songs. You'll notice though, Anne, we have not put this melody on the five line four space staff. Mm -hmm. So now my question to second grade is, I wrote a melody on the board. Can you please figure out, turn to a partner, my turn to a partner is just shoulder partner. Which melody do I have on the board? So for this students, if, if they have not done this before, then they will need a little bit of coaching. And this is not the first time you do it. It is not the time to turn to a partner and just ask students to do it on their own. The first time we do it, we will walk them through, but by second grade, depending on how you've been teaching, um, students will be very familiar with this type of activity. So I have all around the buttercup. Could you take your paintbrush and will you paint this melody in the air while we sing just that first part all around the buttercup? Here we go. All around the buttercup. Good. Now let's check. All around the but that no, that doesn't make sense. What about here's the way we billy billy get your paintbrush out? Here we go. Here's the way we billy billy. Let's check it. Here's the way we bill. That's not what we were painting. Now let's do let us chase the squirrel. Here we go. Let us chase the squirrel. Let's try that one. Let us chase the squirrel up the hickory, down the hickory. Let us chase the squirrel up the hickory tree. Yes, this is let us chase the squirrel. So this is kind of the first um, one of an earlier experiences of discrimination of a visual to what we're hearing in our heads early as in in the concept of in this case, right? Uh, Another thing that we can do, fast forward, many, 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 many weeks later. Do, do, re, re, mi, so. Do, do, re, re, mi, mi, re, re. Do, do, re, re, mi, so. Ah! Miss Victoria didn't write it. So let's choose this one. So, mi, do. Then we'll go through, we read the same thing again, and we will read this second ending. Then we go through, we read the same thing again, and we read this third ending. And then I say, choose your favorite ending, and students can pick which one they want. 
so the difference here is all of this is already in our ears. We already have this um, locked in, ready to go, where we can sing the song kind of at the drop of a hat. This is sight reading unknown material, changing the ending. And you'll notice that now we're on the five lines for spaces. So very early experience with visual notation, moving, zooming through later experiences with visual notation. Yes, love that. So um, would you have had students write with just like the dots, like what we read with paintbrushes on their own before being asked to read it back? Or does that always happen in the same order? Does it depend? Or how, how does that work for you? It's yeah, kind of so an abstract you... representation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this, I want them to see the melodic contour. Of, of that. So for me, the writing is the paintbrush. The paintbrush is the writing. But then you're like, is that physical prep? Is that visual prep? It's like, yes, it's all of it because they're all combined all at the same time. Right. Um, I don't I don't mind having students um, create their own visual representation you know, with like physically drawing on a sheet of paper. For me, this is like a transition activity from like one thing to the next thing. So I would not, so like when I say a transition activity, what I mean is we've just done one of these songs and now I'm moving into let ah, us chase the squirrel. Gotcha. So that, that kind of thing. But, but it just depends on how you're using it. For me, um, it's a time, it's a time thing, but you tell me, you tell me your opinion on that. Uh, I have no opinion. I just, okay. I think that, um, same thing. So like if I'm prepping, um, do 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 me, what do you use a? It's a race on, right? Yeah. So I would probably do lots of, um, before we actually derive the formal notation, have them help me kind of derive. Like, is it going, show me with your fingers. Are we ascending? Are we descending? Are we staying? Are we coasting? Like, what is it? Yes. Um, get out our little airplanes kind of thing um, to yep. kind of do some of that, like, visual prep before it's on the staff. So same idea, right? I don't think, and the reason I ask is because I don't think you always have to make sure that there's that same order all the time because there's so many of those skills happening simultaneously, right? Like well, we get really bogged down and making sure we always do things in this. I mean, trust me, I'm all about the sequence, like always doing it in the same order, but there's so much gray area and overlap between mm -hmm. all of these different skills, right? And then another thing is this is not our one lesson on Ray, mm -hmm. right? And this is not our one experience with Let Us Chase the Squirrel, right? There's a reason that there are three songs on the board, and we would, are like kind of zigzagging between lots of different experiences. Yeah. So I think taking the pressure off like the one golden activity to move to reading melody that it's, if you can step back and say like, I have 13 different activities for reading Ray before standardized Western notation. Um, but they're all happening like with different songs at different times and different modalities and, and everything, everything like that. Yeah, and what's nice about the the melodic contour notation is that it sh it shows it without the yeah. intimidation of those lines and spaces, right? Because when you see a lot of that ink on the page, that's intimidating for kids. So it's nice to see that or doing it with magnets on the whiteboard or whatever it mm -hmm. might be and then going back in and like drawing the expo marker line through the yep. magnet or showing it the way that you did, I think is a really approachable way to be like, oh, it's the same thing. Like we already did this. It's just and it's showing us how far the notes are now. And right. this is why you start with a single line staff, mm -hmm. right? Because we're just like getting rid of information that doesn't, that doesn't matter to us. Right. It gets confusing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. It's great. And, and much like we talked about 
last time with the rhythm things, like this whole identify, translate, read, write thing, just audiate, which is a lot of what you were doing, happens kind of all at once because it's connecting Mm -hmm. all those musical experiences to whatever form of notation you're using. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, yes and it. Yes. Yes and. I'm going to show you this um, stick to staff thing. So – Maybe first I should talk a little bit about stick to staff. So this, this is whole, huge. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> let me talk about, well, let me kind of um, equate it to what you just did. So this whole idea of contour for me is easiest for kids to see in a simple form. And for me, that simple mm. form is abstractly like you did or with a tone ladder or with a body ladder. So when yes. I, I don't want to say always, most often, like 85% of the time, if I'm deriving a melodic element with my kids, I'm doing it in stick notation first. And then I'm doing a second lesson where we put it on staff notation. Mm. Okay, So what, whether that's a one-line staff, a two-line staff, whatever it's going to be, so they can see it both ways. And then like you're like really hitting it big if you can do it another time and alter the spaces and lines. So what I mean by that is like if I did so and me, so is above a line, me's below a line. The next lesson, I'm going to have two lines with so on the top line, me on the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. So they can see it lots of different ways because we're using movable bow, all that good stuff. So because of that, having the ability to see stick notation and sing or play from stick notation with solfa mm-hmm. into staff notation is a skill that our kids – at least in my classroom, need to have um, Mm because we kind of go back and forth a lot and we can see it both ways. A lot of things in my classroom happen in stick notation. They just do. It's just quicker. (laughs) It's just just kind of easier from a teacher, like just to be honest, from a teacher perspective. Um, But they need to have those skills, right? Um, So here you see, um, this is a so me lost set with stick to staff. There's a lot of, a lot going on when you look at those, there's a lot of color. This is more vintage and acoustic for you. (laughs) But anyway, so the idea is, is that we would see this staff notation up here and we have these four different flowers and one of these will match the contour that we have. So our purple flower here is so, so me, so, so la. Our pink flower is so, so la, so, so me. Our orange flower is so, so, so me, me, me. And our blue flower is la, la, so, 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 me. Now, kind of think about that. And this is a lot of choices, right? Like level one would be two choices, not four. Okay. Um, So now think about the contour of this staff notation. Where do you think that should go on your body? So if our first note is so, well, that takes out the blue flower. Where do we go next? So, so, up means to la. So, so, down to me. And that's our pink flower, right? So same thing. If they've never done anything like this, it's going to take a little bit of coaching, like kind of walk through the first days. Oh, B, oh, I messed up. Did I insert an error in this? That's great, Ann. Go team. There we go. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. So that's the correct one. So this can be like an interactive theme on an iPad or a whiteboard or whatever. Um, and then it goes to the next one. So um, then same idea. So you could either have them just kind of think through or audiate the flowers, or you could go through and do it individually, um, grab a glockenspiel and play. Which one do you think it is? Me, so, so, la, la, so. Right? And then there it is again. So again, even though 
this kind of looks like a one, this is super short, but one and done sort of activity. There's a lot of different ways that you could sort of go at it, right? Like you could sing through each of these. You could um, audiate and hand sign through each of the flowers and then listen to the guacamole. You can kind of reverse it. You could play all the flowers mm-hmm. um, and then have them raise their hand when it matches. Um, you could do it for individual practice, for assessment. Um, just lots of different ways to kind of attack this idea of translating. Again, so we have identified, translate, read, and write sort of translating this melodic contour on the staff into the stick notation so again this pretty, is, pretty basic but but yeah this is something that would be great for centers as well mm-hmm. yeah. if you had this on just like the the class ipad and kids could go through oh gosh they would they would love this yeah so it's all it's all set up and then i'm just kind of reroutes you back if you make a mistake um, and then pushes you forward when you when you get the right one but yeah so just again like the melodic reading as we're talking, and maybe I shouldn't say this because I haven't fully thought of it, but um, requires uh, no. I'll, I will say this: it requires a different level of audiation than the rhythmic reading, right? I think so like, because you're doing so much discrimination mm-hmm. um, in a different way that isn't as inherently visual, especially mm-hmm. if you're using stick notation. Like if you're mm-hmm. doing um, staff notation or the abstract notation or the contour, like showing explicitly the contour, they can't see that in stick notation. So that's yep. that's really tricky. That's a pretty high level deal. So it has to go off of the solfege intervals, mm-hmm. right? You just have the SSML, right? Stuff like that. So they have to have it in their ears already, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what, that's what this is. And one of the things that I like about this is you limit their options. Mm-hmm. So even though, yes, there are four options, but depending on where they are in the year, like that's a absolutely an appropriate number of options. That sure. way they, they don't have to generate all of the stick notation on their own because another way that you could do this mm-hmm. is turn it into a writing activity where you show it to them on the staff and say, now write it in stick notation with the solfege, right? And that would be even more advanced. But since the correct answer is there on the board, all they have to do is hear it in their heads and visually identify the the correct flower. But all of the answers are, are are already there, and they know which flower it is by eliminating the flowers that it is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what, like, everything we do, like, all this discrimination learning is what yeah. is something is by what it is, right? And being able to make those comparisons and figure out, well, is it even starting on the right pitch, right? Like, two of the last ones I just showed you, like, two of them started on so, but the actual pattern yes. on me. So even yes. that, like, helps them get – to where they need need to go. And the kid who chooses the wrong starting pitch is at a different place than the kid who just isn't quite sure about the contour, right? So that tells you two mm-hmm. different things about about what's happening with your kids and the types of, of things you might need to remediate as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I also cool. like that all of the rhythms were all the same mm-hmm. because that eliminates, you know, you could change the rhythms and, and that would be like another layer for them to look at. Um, but keeping it all the same, it really focuses their attention. Do you start very quickly? Um, cause this is kind of neither here nor there, but it looks like you start <laughs> with the Kerwin hand signs in with, with your littles and then mm-hmm. what you call like the body ladder is, is its own thing. No. So the body ladder, la- blah, 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 blah. Body the body ladder. ladder is a prep. So, I mean, they learn like high versus low uh-huh. like, in kindergarten. Um, and your so is here? Mm, yes. So okay. me, do's on my knees. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So me, so, la, ti. Ah. Do. Okay. Ti, la, so. 
Yeah, which I know like is frustrating for everyone because everyone loves to go hot cross buns, right? Right. But, um, <laughs> but no, I do it. So then Ray's like kind of on your like mid thigh area, yeah. and then down. So, but you put it on your body first before I'm being asked to do this like fine yeah. motor. It's it's here. It's here. It's here. It's yeah. But you know what? Okay. No, I don't want to, like, again, we could go down so many rabbit holes. Like, what is the point of the body ladder? Do I really care where they put Ray? Do I really care? Like, or are they just showing the contour with, like, a pretty decent spatial awareness, right? Because if yep. I'm seeing, like, Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain, Rocky Mountain high, do I really care if they're putting, like, the exact rhythm and the exact right spacing on their bodies or even with hand signs, do 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 right, as they're going through? No, it's yep. a tool. It's not something that, like, that's not where I need the finesse to come in. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's something that's just aiding those kids who need the extra scaffold. Yeah. So, um. So that's how I feel about that. So I know Absolutely. that we can get really passionate about that. I'm a little bit more passionate about rhythm syllables than I am about body ladder. But we'll yeah. have that conversation. <laughs> off, off, not the, today. off the record. <laughs> <laughs> with a bottle of wine. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's where we have to wrap it up <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs>